go. podcast that knows that the places you used to live, the places you once called home, they don't need you, if they ever did. They've forgotten all about you. And if it feels like there's something ghost-like, something missing about your old hometown when you go back to visit, it's not the town. It's you. You're the ghost. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host. That's... Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Lori's here, too. How you doing, Lori? I'm all right. Abe, tonight is Monday, January 3rd, 2022. <gasps> it's a whole new year, Abe. By the way, 22 years into this new uh, century or whatever, however you want to count it, when are we going to go into the just 22 or 26 or 34? We have to say the whole thing still. I thought by now we would have uh, transitioned. Uh, we would have to ask a very old person when they did it before. Why can't we yeah, say 2022? Who, what sort of an asshole was running around? You would around? say 1999 when it was 1999. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not, yeah. Who was running in around in 1997 going like, hey, what's up? It's 97 now. I mean, people Yo. definitely did that. But like, <laughs> it, when you had the new year, you still said 19, blah, right. blah, blah. No, that's true. I will admit no, to... I will admit to having been amused these last few days seeing online uh, the the formulation of of 2022 as 2020, Part. comma T O O as in again. Are, are we just reliving 2020 right. once again? <laughs> uh, and perhaps we are. Abe, it's been four weeks or so since we last got together and recorded an episode. Wow. All our fault. We almost didn't even get going here tonight. We didn't have power in the house all day long. And then Bob tried to cop out. And then I was like, man, I was going to do all sorts of reading and writing and trying to get ready for the show. And then the power came back on at 6 o'clock and I hadn't done any of that stuff because I was out playing with the kids in the snow and shoveling snow. and Playing Zelda. Yeah, doing some video games and stuff. Uh, God forbid we do a show unprepared. The audience would know immediately. Yes, the audience always <laughs> can tell when I'm not on my game. They would know if they saw the, like the lines, the sound bar lines, how equal it sounds. Oh. How like all three people talk more equally when Bob <laughs> didn't spend a week preparing to talk. There, I'm sure there's a handful of listeners who look forward to the big open, you know. Uh, a nice little essay at the top. I don't know about a handful. A handful. <laughs> I think a handful of listeners is right, Abe. <laughs> Full stop. Uh, four weeks since we last recorded. I hadn't planned on taking a break, but then I was going to be traveling with the kids, and then I went traveling with the kids, and by the time we got back, I was sort of feeling traveled out, and then we got boosters and felt like shit for two days somewhere in there as well and there was christmas and new year and and now here we are though we made it the bulldogs are in the finals of the 
college football championship going up against Alabama a week from tonight. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, obviously, we can't record next Monday. That's right. We could do Tuesday <laughs> the way, or something. Maybe we can record Tuesday night. If we don't kill it, it, ourselves. We, we took four weeks off, but apparently the uh, the sports bookies also just took the whole month off because they just pretended that that SEC title game didn't happen because Georgia somehow opens once again as the favorite right, against well, an Alabama team. All of this beca- it's because all of the money is going to go on Alabama, right? Like, you think would, it's going to end up being a pick em? Like it's just going to swing? It will swing back down to a pick em at least. I mean, it, you'd be kind of nuts, wouldn't you, not to take Alabama in the points uh, at this no. point? You sure would. I'm just pretending that the SEC game didn't happen. I'm going to go back to my bandwagon. Georgia clearly will win it. I just can't. You know, envision what the scenario where we lose again. I mean, that Michigan game was fun, wasn't it? If you if you are oh, a that fan, was great. if you are a fan of dominant defense and uh, a quarterback who's like, but of Georgia because Michigan was supposed to have was right. supposed to have. What that I, what I mean, the the end of my joke is that I just describe Georgia's performance and then suggest as though you could be a fan of football in that particular way. Uh, then you would have loved that game. It wasn't exactly a fun game to watch, unless you were specifically uh, rooting for Georgia. Right. I, I and, and also, there was no doubt as far as Georgia winning. Like, you, there might have been some like there doubt was at the beginning. When it started. But, like, a quarter in, it's like, oh, that's right. Georgia is still really, really good. Right. Yeah, well, that's not what we're here to talk about. Right, so right. No, it's not. But Moving also, along. for what it's worth, Georgia is who we thought they were, and Michigan was who we thought they were. And Georgia's a superior team. And Alabama looked fine against a uh, not very good Cincinnati team. Poor but, Cincinnati. But Cincinnati They're, didn't didn't look any – like what's weird is that Cincinnati didn't look worse than Georgia really, right? Like <laughs> it, it was sort of bizarre that they put up a similar level of fight as did Georgia. And it's just – Right. It's just impossible to explain. And who knows what's going to happen in a week from now. Some refs might know. Let's see. What did we do in the month of December? We, uh, I took the kids down to Georgia. This can be our segue into talking about the way that Omicron has just absolutely exploded uh, and not just various parts of the country now, but seemingly everywhere, uh, though there are still hot spots. D.C., I think, still is maintaining as the hottest spot in the country for the last few you, weeks now. I, I know it's not a technically a state or whatever, but... You should look at the percentages for Puerto Rico. It's like 5,000% up since like two weeks ago, which I didn't know was possible. Right, but, except know. that hospitalizations, while up, are not nearly in that right. in that direction. Like it's, I'm looking right now at the, at the New York Times numbers, and we are, uh, as of uh, January 2nd, daily average – uh, Two-week running average is 405,000, so that's up 200%. And that's, and that's cases. an undercount, right? That's a vast undercount. This, I don't know if we ever talked about this on the show. We didn't. Um, but I've been saying in the group chat and to Lori that the number of cases that we are getting now is probably we – are, we are undercounting them more than we ever have before, right? Right. And that is with this massive explosion where we're we're now peaking. Like there, at no time previously have we been recording this many cases every day. And also, we're probably missing hundreds of thousands, if not right. if not in 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 the range of a million or something. Yeah, if the true number was in the million, like the low million, I would not be surprised. 
Right. And the reason the reason for that is because while home tests are difficult to get, they're easier to get now than they ever have been before in the last couple of years. And the home tests are basically only good at discovering positive cases that are currently shedding virus, right? The, right. the antigen test is good at figuring out if you are currently uh, going to spread the disease to other people, right? So it's a, it's a useful tool, but it's not a complete tool. It has to be and, ideal settings for it to capture your positive status. Right. And none of those – so when the New York Times says that we're averaging 400,000 cases a day, that's those are tests that are reported by state agencies yes. to national clearinghouses, right, to the CDC, to, to various d- data-gathering organizations. That is not – for example, my brother and his whole family, who all have COVID over Private the last two weeks. You're just right. Sure, sure. To the it's a HIPAA violation. Chris can sue me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, just in my, so that's I guess my immediate family. But in in my extended family universe, like something like ten cases or something that I know about in the last couple yes. of weeks. Uh, I think you also said that in your family, a bunch yeah, of cases. Yeah, at least. Eight between like friends and family, not right. me, and of course. Not you, somehow. Uh, not us. None and in not this us house. somehow either. Despite my my travels in the maybe in the we're month the spreaders for the. <laughs> That's right. Uh, oh, Bob got tested. I made him go get tested. Yeah, so oh. I got back from our trip to visit family in Georgia and went and got a PCR test a few days later and uh, negative, totally fine. Oh, nice. I didn't feel bad or anything, but right. But uh, I wanted them to do it just in case, because yeah. I was already going to be off work for a week. So if I needed to isolate because he was positive, I didn't want to wait till he was sick. Right. I wanted to find out now so that I could start that, so that I could go right. to work right. today, which but the I point, didn't end up doing. The point That's with the undercount thing is that, yeah, sure, I got counted as a negative test because I went and did a, a PCR test at the, through the local health department. But... There are many, many millions of home tests being administered at in homes every day, and that's not being like maybe the person calls their doctor or something, maybe. Right. But that's not then. That's not then being reported to no. these national data collecting outfits. So how there do those are, fancy British people do it? Like, remember, I think we talked about this. Like, they had a lot more at home kind of test. Like, did they? Is there some sort of requirement that you reported over there? There might be. They have universal health care. The government okay. is all up in their health care. Right. Yeah. I guess they'll also they have a be getting system. a lower count there for all we know, right? Like there's I don't know. I don't read their news every day. I'm not sure. But 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 a majority of all the positives that I know, friends and family in the recent in the last two weeks have been at home. T- like, this is not on the books. Right. It's the opposite. It's the, if anything, you get the PCR test when your symptoms have cleared up and it's been five days. Now you're just a negative test in the system. So right. in a funny way, it's like a double undercount of what's actually going and on. And also, when I got it, I, I don't know if it was alpha or beta or whatever. It was pre-delta, but it was not Omicron. But whatever it was, at least it had the... You, your sense of smell and taste is a little off, which is like a telltale yeah. sign. It seems like this latest uh, wave seems to be just like cold-like symptoms. There's nothing that's like, you know, like runny nose or a sore throat. All of that stuff is just, it could just be a cold. It could be anything, right? So if you, if I didn't have that smell-taste issue, I didn't have anything else, I wouldn't even bother to get a test last time. Getting it or vaccinated, right? Yeah. Vaccinated and boosted in some cases, yeah. So, like, it would feel just like a cold. Right. You know, like, for the people that aren't vaccinated, 
there might be more interesting right. slash severe symptoms. But for vaccinated people, it's just going to feel like a cold. That's right. true. We're, last summer, we're calling this the they were calling it a, a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That is no longer the case. No, this is a this is just a pandemic that's hitting everybody. And uh, but the, the concern was that the hospitalization, if they were to, to be overrun, it would be because of the unvaccinated. But that didn't seem to be happening either so far. Anyways, this is finally the, the uncoupling. Right. Because up until now, even with Delta, there was the cases go up, then hospitalizations go up, and then deaths go up. But right. this is the first time where it's like cases are going through the roof, hospitalizations are trending up, but not, you know, in keeping with the numbers. And then the deaths, I guess we can wait until the end of the month, but so far, so good. I mean, at 1,200 a day. You know, that's, that's, what, that's how you get herd immunity. That's how you get a virus that actually burns its way all the way through the population and then just it all just goes away. Now, I don't, I don't know what endemicity looks like on the other side of this, right? Like, I, I have no idea, um, not being an infectious disease specialist. I don't know what an end game means once you go two years into this thing and then all of a sudden you hit a massive new peak. What does that look like on the other end? I have no idea. And to pretend otherwise would be nonsense. But the, the feeling I get from the reading that I'm doing is that this is sort of a best-case scenario uh, that we could have hoped for after considering assuming, the, yeah right assuming the various caveats and there's a theory and I don't know how much uh, work has been done on this and I don't know how respected it is in the in academic circles but there is a theory that a lot of the common colds that we have that circulate are like all former pandemic viruses and that they just sort of become part of what gets passed around and humans just sort of have to deal with them in that way. And maybe that's what endemicity looks like for, uh, for COVID-19 is that it mutates into some version of itself that we can just sort of live with. A big difference between this and the cold is that common colds are rhinoviruses. Sure. Sure. Yes, it looks like a cold and acts like a cold, and we can draw the comparisons all day, but it won't right. be I'm the not, common cold. I'm not saying that it will be precisely know, the common I'm cold. I know, I'm just saying that to clarify. There is a, there's a theory out yeah, there totally. that suggests that— But those are all rhinoviruses. Common colds were at one time possibly as deadly to humans as, yeah. as this and has been. And then sometimes you just get one four times in three months, so— yeah. Which is not, I don't think that happens with this. I think if you get this, you, it seems to give you some immunity for an amount of time. Yeah. Did you decide where, to get boosted? I forget what your... Yeah, yeah, I already, I got all of the stuff. I got the booster first week in December. They got the flu shot or whatever, like Thanksgiving. And then, you know, so I got like five different things. That's why I said earlier, I proclaim indestructible. Right. We uh, we got boosted a few days after Christmas, yeah, I Monday think. Monday after. The Monday after Christmas, we got an appointment. Was and that the original plan around end of December? Yes, because I had a whole week off. Right. Okay. So, like, worst case scenario, if it knocks us on our ass again, Lori doesn't have to go to work. And then I'm also planning on traveling to Denver at the end of January, and I wanted, I wanted to make sure that I was... <laughs> LOL. Right. <laughs> Ironically, now that they're the... COVID hotspot rather than me. 
but uh, it'll blow through by then. You know, it should be fine. Man. No, but the, like that's that's who he's. The concern he's was that the I wanted house. I wanted to protect the newborn the infant and the and the they under five anyway. who isn't vaccinated, and it gotcha. turns out they got it anyway. I so. see. But yeah, so I got boosted, and so we got our third dose of Moderna. It's just the way that the Moderna booster works is that it's a half dose. It's precisely a half dose of the one that we got six months ago. And what's funny is that the half dose, our reaction to it, like it's exactly what you would think based on the fact that it's half a dose. Half of all the symptoms you got the first go around? Right. It was half as in, it was just as intense, sort of, but no, it was. It was not as intense. It, it was about half as long things. lived. Okay. Yeah. So, like, my arm hurt. Actually, my arm was worse than my it was the last time. My arm hurt more this time. I think that's per nurse because the first two shots I had, I didn't even feel her sticking. You're right. Yeah. And this one, I felt it. It wasn't awful, but like I think she did it too low or too inside or something, which like better her than me. I'm not <laughs> complaining. I'm just think the sore arm is. I mean, while yeah, we would ha- I had a sore arm before too. This arm hurt more. I yeah. think. Partially due to the person doing it, but it was just funny because right, we yeah. got the we got the shots the same time of morning, and like the yep. exact same series of things happened where, like the arm hurts all day, and then like we start to put the kids to bed at around eight o'clock or so, and like start feeling like shit, and then I wake up the next morning and it's like, man, I f- sort of feel like I was hit by a truck yesterday, and wow. just whole body <laughs> but this, soreness. This time. I felt less like I was hit by a truck. Like, I didn't feel good. I was happy to not be working. But I could have powered through the day with Advil. I see. Like, I could have adrenaline and caffeine and painkillered through work. Right. But with the second shot, I could not. I could not have done it. I would have been leaning over the chair just like... Was it the same with the the very, very first one? First one, I felt basically nothing. First one was basically okay, yeah. That's weird. So the My second one hurt, got you, and then oh, partly yeah. this booster. Yeah, and I like I really hope we don't have to do this every fucking six months. Yeah. <laughs> Although if it's gonna be less and less and less every six months, yeah, then eventually it'll be like a flu shot where you just kind of eh for a right, day. Right, but so but at the same time, like I don't know that I would endure that every six months if the alternative is to just get the Omicron variant where you have a Half, you feel like you sort of have a cold for a day, Ugh. and then I'd you're so better. So much rather plan not feeling good than surprise not feel good. Yeah. Also, at, at at this point, why not get make sure everyone gets their first before everybody gets their fourth? Because right? I mean, it seems like make we're sure good with nothing. These what can you do at this point? Just distribute it elsewhere. I mean, we. I don't want the omega strain to be like percolating somewhere into somebody's system right now. Like, and then six months from now. We get yeah. something even worse. Just like well, to spread it out. Fly them to Somalia yourself. Yes, that's right. <laughs> One thing that Fauci did say in the last week, which I don't think that I've heard him say before, is that as he was he was being interviewed, I think on CNN or MSNBC, and I'll, if I can find the clip, I will I will insert it here. I don't have it handy because, like I said, I didn't do any. Uh, we didn't, didn't have internet prep, all day. Didn't have internet all day, but he says something like because the host brings up the rise in COVID hospitalizations and uh, especially among pediatric uh, patients. So the the number of children who are being hospitalized with COVID had increased by some X number of large percent. How do you explain the sudden increase in hospitalizations 
among children. I mean, if Omicron is less severe and 15 to 20 percent less likely to send someone to the hospital, why are we seeing this sudden increase in children at hospital with COVID? Well, that's a good question. And there are two things that contribute to that. First of all, quantitatively, you're having so many more people, including children who are getting infected. And even though hospitalization among children is much, much lower on a percentage basis than hospitalizations for adults, particularly elderly individuals. However, when you have such a large volume of infections among children, even with a low level of rate of infection, you're going to still see a lot more children who get hospitalized. But the other important thing is that if you look at the children who are hospitalized, many of them are hospitalized with COVID as opposed to because of COVID. And what we mean by that, if a child goes in the hospital, they automatically get tested for COVID and they get counted as a COVID hospitalized individual. When in fact, they may go in for a broken leg or appendicitis or something like that. So it's overcounting the number of children who are, quote, hospitalized with COVID as opposed to because of COVID. And Fauci's response was to sort of hedge a little bit and and try not to induce panic in a way that uh, the media has certainly been more much more interested in doing uh, when it comes to talking about these numbers, where he said it's important to distinguish between these children who are being hospitalized with COVID as opposed to being hospitalized for COVID, which is that this virus is just so endemic right now. It is so completely out there and and circulating among such a huge percentage of the population that to say that the increase in pediatric hospitalizations with COVID is a a sort of meaningless number unless you can actually point to children who are being hospitalized with severe cases right that are that are being hospitalized because of covid and he was he was making the point that yes it is worrisome but also at the same time it's nothing to panic about because still this is a much less it is just as not harmful to children as previous versions of this virus were right and i think it's at least new york and florida i just read the other day that they want to clean up the the reporting at the hospitals because apparently, uh, you know, you're, you're admitted to the hospital for whatever reason and they do like a routine COVID test and now it looks like you're in there because of COVID, but you're actually there for something else. And I guess they're trying to clean that up to where they can distinguish one from the other yeah. so they can say that this is the true count of COVID hospitalizations and not like you're there for something else. Right. Um, Ultimately, at the from a hospital administration standpoint, it doesn't fucking matter. If your hospital is overrun with too many patients, then your hospital yes. is overrun with too many patients. And the right. then the rest of it, like how we talk about it in the media, doesn't actually matter to the bottom line of what's happening on the ground in your community, obviously. Uh, right. But in terms of uh, doing public policy, in terms of like new lockdowns or new mandates or whatever the hell it is that they're going to do, that sort of thing does matter. And it was interesting to see Fauci for once, because this is not something, this is something, I mean, not to go too full, like a uh, weird right wing weirdo at, at, at this Uh-oh. point, there we but, go. but this is something that like a year ago, people were screaming at right wingers about for, for suggesting that this, that this was a way of downplaying the severity of the virus or whatever to suggest that, 
that the way that we're counting this isn't necessarily indicative of the seriousness of the problem, right? Right. No, that's true. Now, it could also be true that back then, we didn't know as much as we know now. The Based on everyone, so many people getting vaccinated, some people being prior infected is helping make this be even milder than it otherwise yeah. would be, right? So basically, you're kind of... Our current situation is based on all the things that we did up to to this point. People were locked in their houses. Right. For the most part. They weren't being hospitalized for many other things. Other things weren't circulating the way they are now. Right. And it's weird because now we're two months away from being two years since this whole thing, a full two years. Yep. Uh, And with the numbers being like half a million a day, 400,000 average, the numbers are just through the roof. And it's a testament to it's a testament to how long this has been that people are like, God, I hope they don't uh, do remote learning for school because like some of my friends here in Atlanta, they have kids of school age and some of the counties have already transitioned to remote learning and like, oh, this is fucking bullshit because it's like at the very last minute, like I think it was like over the weekend for like right. today. And so like it's just very disruptive to do it. But I think they're saying, look, I know this sucks, but we have to do it. Just for the first week. Well, and how weeks. much of that is because their teachers are all sick. Th- that's true. Yeah. And also, I think they want to do like a, let's get people tested this week that they're doing remote learning. Good luck finding tests. But that's the idea. Then they can at least proceed in person with some care. You know. Yeah, I think some school system that I was reading about said they sent out an email like late in the weekend ahead of this week where schools are coming back saying, uh, in order to get back into school, you're going to have to have a negative test or else just wait until the week after like, and, and isolate for a week before you can come back or get a negative test. It's like there, it's really hard to get tests in a lot yeah, of communities. That's, yeah, that's and, the problem. Unless you're holding like a testing site at your school or whatever. Yeah, how are you going to how are you going right, to accomplish and, that? And by the but way, I think that- the, the school district in a, in a voicemail this past week mentioned now for like the second time in the history of the voicemails from the school, the possibility of getting your children signed up for weekly COVID tests at the school. So like, that's a step in the right direction, but just, just keep pounding that. Like, I don't right. understand why that's not something that we talk about all the time. Uh, but like I do to get want more to get more buy-in from parents to, to do the thing. To, yeah, yeah, it to should just be in tests. every weekly email. Like, and remember you can sign up for free weekly COVID testing idiots. Yeah. Like, I do People want to play. don't read emails, though, so it doesn't yeah. matter. I didn't do all the song and dance with uh, with our our favorite game oh, show. Oh, is it going to be this your, your week? Voice, but I'm going to play from this, this past week? Sunday. Oh fuck yes! Oh, it's so good. Uh, March Sundays on oh, Face I'm so the Nation. Excited. All right, here we go. This is Mark Strassman uh, on Face the Nation this past Sunday. Mark Strassman begins our COVID coverage from Atlanta. <laughs> A new year in our COVID chronicles, welcomed by maskless Floridians with this super spreader's jamboree. Risky behavior, even reckless. Like many New Year's resolutions, COVID records get broken daily. The speed at which Omicron is spreading is staggering. Take these jarring U.S. numbers. A new average of 356,000 new cases a day. That's four more cases every second. On Thursday, 16 states reported their highest total ever. The numbers we're seeing, put that mask on and keep it on through January, at least, honestly. All right, a second here. The woman that he cuts to, the 
put that mask on and keep it on through January, honestly? Like, who, who are you talking to, first of all, right? Like, the, the masking conversation is just fucking done, right? Either you're right. wearing it or you're not, and it's largely right. a function of your, your current situation in your community and how weird you feel about walking through the grocery store with a mask on right like it's just all social pressure nonsense and you're not convincing anybody of anything and further the cloth masks don't do fucking anything by the way and yeah it's nice to have the surgical mask and and n95 if you can get it but uh the idea that we're going to control the spread of this virus by having a mask on through january is absurd would it would it have been preferable if you just went all out and just said either wear the real ones or don't even bother with this nonsense? I just don't – I think that in my particular line of business, a cloth one does make a difference because I'm not spitting on someone. I think yeah. it makes it, a difference. Except it doesn't. You can okay. spit on them. This is like I've been saying. The schools still have the fucking water fountains shut down, and you could try to get COVID from a water fountain, and it would be hard. Would you get all sorts of weird other shit because kids are gross and they, like, lick and spit all over the water fountains? <laughs> yeah, you'd get the flu. you get all sorts of fucking weird cold viruses, and you get uh, syphilis and who knows what else. But yeah, you wouldn't get fucking— immunity. Yeah. You wouldn't get fucking COVID, all right? Turn the That's water true. fountains back on, for Christ's sake. Uh, all right, let's finish this. More ominously, those numbers could be fractional. Driving this epidemic, people who are undiagnosed, either asymptomatic or mildly symptomatic, but untested. This place is so busy. It's so packed. We have patients coming in all the time. More worry spots. Hospitals overwhelmed by sick patients and sick staff. The majority of these people are not vaccinated. I can't get them out of the frickin' waiting room. If I never see another selfie video of a, of a haggard and harried nurse uh, <laughs> wearing a mask, talking about how tough she has it at her fucking job, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I can die happy. Fair. I know how you can avoid that. You just don't watch the news to or be fair, the Bob. internet, and you never have to see another one of those again. I promise. They've had a pretty rough two years. To yeah, be yeah, fair sure. To them. What a what a worthless contribution, by the way, though. Is no matter like all of this can be said in any other format than the selfie video while wearing the mask. Well, like, where are you on your fucking break you would, or something? What is going on here? <laughs> what if they contract so, the virus? You're so fucking busy. Go back to work. T- stop making <laughs> stop making goddamn TikToks and go uh, do some intake on the patients that are filling they're, up your emergency they're room. They're doing an interview for Strassman. Come on, it's very important. I'm going back to the report. I can't get the sick people out of the waiting room to get them away from these people with COVID. Many doctors say avoid going to the ER, often a COVID hotbed, especially for children. If you're going to have people getting together and you have children that are unvaccinated, uh, they will be the bullseye for, you know, for Omicron. Across COVID America last week, almost 400 children a day were hospitalized for the virus. All right. I will play that uh, probably on repeat twice more just so that you hear it. But what he said there is almost 400 children per day last week were hospitalized for the virus. Almost 400 children a day were hospitalized for the virus. Now, the, the uh, there's a prepositional problem there with the with the word for. That's the wrong preposition, right? Because the, the stat that they pop up on the screen says... Child hospitalizations, 378 children admitted per day to hospitals with COVID, right? right? That's just that's the preposition that you're looking for, Strasser, not <laughs> for. 
Right? Those are two very different things. And one of them instills like uh, absolute horrified panic in the hearts of people uh, who have children who are under the age of five who uh, cannot yet be vaccinated and therefore are more likely to get this virus and more likely to have a severe case. Although that number itself, anyway, is actually very low. But if you're, yeah. if you're trying to stoke panic, then you use the preposition for. If you're trying to uh, just simply tell the truth, then you use the preposition with. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what that number means. Like in the grand scheme of things, is that too high, too low? I mean, I guess it's not never too low, but like, uh, I don't even know what that means when you talk about 300 million people in the country. But I, I, that could be significant. I don't know. I'm, I'm honestly asking. I don't know what 378 means. If there were a significant number of children dying from COVID, is there any doubt that we would know about each and every one of them? Right. No, of course not. We would absolutely know. The fact is that this is not a virus that hurts children in the way that that something like what he just said suggests. All right. But to be fair to Strassman, I mean, you got they tell you, look, Strassman, we need a two minute package at the top. You got to dress it up somehow. You can't be poo pooing every idea he has. That's a 66 percent increase from the week before. Probably seeing four to five times the number of children who are currently in my ICU. Schools, another worry. Millions of children head back to class tomorrow. Parents spend hours in line for testing, often confused about school guidance and protocols that vary district to district, even school to school. Many parents also worry their kids are soft targets. They got to use the same bathroom, you know, the same lunchroom, so you're still exposing back everybody to COVID. More than 2,000 K-12 through schools have already closed or will offer remote learning. But most of America's major school systems will resume this week by teaching in person while they can. If the teachers we have are coming down with the virus, who's going to teach the students? Here in Georgia, testing now shows the positivity rate now pushes 40%. It's so high, Atlanta Public Schools just decided to hold virtual classes this week when the kids come back on Tuesday. Margaret? Mark Strassman, thank you. And you don't get the full picture of Strassman because he, you don't, as, as a listener, you don't get to hear him. You don't get to see him do his stupid fucking face at the end, which is a, obviously a, it's a deficit of this particular format. But uh, holy but shit, here, 40% gonna, positivity is obscene. Yeah, 40% positivity in Atlanta is no good. Uh, but here, I'm going to play the opening again so that Abe can decide it's whether so or not Abe. whether or not Strassman got off a good one it's this week. Fucking good. A new year in our COVID chronicles, welcomed by maskless Floridians with this super spreader's jamboree. Risky behavior, even reckless. Like many New Year's resolutions, COVID records get broken daily. All right. Did uh, did Mark Strassman, Abe, get off a good one? Yes, he did. <laughs> he saved so it for good. these uh, moments, you know, at the top of the year. Strassman gets oh, off a good wonderful. one. <laughs> All right. That's, I don't know. You got anything else on, uh, on COVID news, Abe? No, but um, I, I, I will say... Last year, I made some uh, predictions. Did not predictions, go too, uh... not just predictions. You made you made hard and fast claims. So you predicted that this would be over by Memorial Day, and then right. you declared victory. <laughs> That's right. Mission accomplished. On or about what Memorial is the, what Day. What is the problem? I on... mission accomplished. Banner on That's the right. aircraft carrier. 
Yes. War's over, motherfuckers. That's right. It's, it's over. Officially over. We'll celebrate the one-year anniversary of it being over in a few months. But yeah, I will be interested to see how this shakes out because it's going through so many people so fast that even by Super Bowl, uh, like a month from now, you would think it would be dying. I mean, it would be on the back end of it, but right. who knows? That's kind Maybe of be my something- favorite thing about all of this is like people are just doing things anyway. Right, that's <laughs> like, the thing. It doesn't right. matter. It, it They're doesn't not canceling matter what- things. I mean, Broadway has canceled some shows, but that's because they have the, the cast is sick. Yeah, the like, cast. You don't have, they're not doing it because it's not safe. They're doing it because they don't have anybody to work. Right, and I suspect that that's what's causing a lot of the problems because, I mean, all these flight cancellations, some of it may be yeah. logistics, but the others are people, you don't have enough uh, workers to, to man those planes. Yeah, but and, it's not and, like in concern for public safety. Yeah, right. It's great. Right. Fuck it. If there were people at, you know, at the airport or at the schools, they would be saying, go, 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 go. And that's yep. why I think this is so much different than what it was two years ago where people yep. were freaked out. But now they're like, I well, got a sense of this. People know what they're getting into now. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not going to restaurants yet, still. Right. Yeah. And by the way, not to pick on Strassman uh, again here. But when he's talking about like the risky behavior and the the Floridians being out there among amongst themselves, those are shots of people gathered out of doors. I think to be, that was to a be bar. clear, but also, it was a bar out of doors. That I don't was think also that it, well. One of the shots was another one was definitely not. It was I, ju- a I just do bar not. I do not understand the the ongoing idea that this is that that there's a way to frame this in a moralizing way is just right. such nonsense also and it's incredibly unhelpful no, nothing wrong with the occasional dig at florida all things florida but yeah. they have been unfairly targeted throughout this whole thing because it's not like only floridians are doing this right they just have slightly no, better but they're weather doing than other it places. the loudest Right, because that's where the cameras are. Look, look at these dumb dumps. They're running around right. doing stuff. But if you point the camera anywhere else, they're dicking around too. In major yeah. cities, anyways. Purely, purely political. Is it's you can point at Florida as a as a red state run by a governor that Democrats are worried about come twenty twenty four or twenty twenty eight. No one should be worried about fucking DeSantis. He's not going anywhere. I mean, but who else is there? I mean, I don't want to get into the stupid yeah. let's not, future let's politics. Let's not but. move along. Tucker Carlson, like I keep on saying. Yeah, right. <laughs> Do you want to make uh, this is uh, this is the time of year for predictions? It is, and uh, you you brought up the fact that your last prediction, ma- last so right. major you prediction, were so right. didn't go too smoothly. No, it did. Just a, just a couple of, of four hundred thousand case hiccups uh, here every day. The, the funny thing about that, we that were told Memorial the pandemic day, was over. Yeah. It, it seemed to that was like literally the lowest point. It, I was so right, and then I, it just yes. all went the wrong way. It's stupid fucking virus That's is trying I'm to still, undermine me. I still think Abe was right. <laughs> was in his right. way. That, that requires some real cognitive dissonance about what right means. I think but. my official uh, story is that my my prediction thing can only look out to the end of May and it looked promising. I can yes. see into oh, August. Yes. So was, everything was but hazy after Crystal May, but it looked so only good. six months at a time. It's yeah. a six month, yeah, it's a six month, it's a semi-annual thing that Abe does, make All predictions. Right, let's make, I want to make a couple of quick predictions about, because uh, it is a, an election year now here in 2022. Yes. Oh, that's right. And Primary I didn't do, season. 
I didn't prep this at all. I have no idea what is going to come out of my mouth in the next five minutes, but a couple of predictions about the politics of 2022. I think there will be, it will be called a red wave one way or another. The House is going to flip a significant number of seats. I don't see how Biden can salvage a national narrative at this point. Now, just not to say that the Republicans have anything really going on for themselves, right? Like, the there are a bunch of fucking morons uh, over on the Republican side, but they're going to benefit from the fact that we are still in this ongoing moment of being mad at the people who are in charge. Right. Uh, and, and that's going to continue, that whoever is in charge and the Democrats are perceived as being the ones in charge right now because they do, in fact, hold the, the levers of power at the top of the power structure in our, in our federal government now. And they will pay the price for that uh, in November. And Kevin McCarthy, presumably, uh, or, or maybe Elise Stefaniak, will be the next Speaker of the House. And I think that the Senate will also flip back to control uh, uh, the Republicans and Mitch McConnell. So that, that my major prediction about politics in 2022 is that we will see control of both houses of Congress flip to the Republicans in November. Or so, rather, you know, next, next January. Right, but. yeah. So— there are two hurdles. I mean, that's, I think at this point, the conventional wisdom based on historical trends and, and all of the polling, everything's pointing towards that. There are two hurdles I see. Uh, one would be the primary season. Like, what sort of candidates will come out of the Republican primaries, right? Are they going right. to do yahoos or, you know, somewhat normal candidates that could just say, They're I'm the other to guy, do right? They're going to do yahoos. Yeah, because if they do Yahoo's, Yahoo's, then it'll be toss-up. But if they do, like, a uh, no, like Virginia person or whomever, like, oh, I'm, I just don't like what's going on, blah, 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 then they would have a better chance. The second hurdle that they would have to clear is the Supreme Court at the end of June. If they do what a lot of people are expecting, even though I still am not, that they will undercut uh, Roe v. Wade— then the climate will shift, right? Basically, the, the the topic, like what are they talking about in the fall and winter? Are they talking about gas prices or like last year's Afghanistan debacle or the school stuff? Or are they talking about like they're trying to take things from you, the, the, the women's rights stuff or whatever? Like if that's the predominant issue, then that's going to get people to come out to vote and it could just be like a more muddied result. But I think... In either scenario, there's still a chance for the Republicans to take over. I guess it will just depend on whether it will be landslide or just at the margins. I think it's a profound mistake to imagine that anything the Supreme Court does is going to motivate the left in a meaningful way. Because we've never seen that be the case in the past. We have seen it work for conservatives. We have seen conservatives build, uh, practically build an entire political movement around uh, Roe v. Wade and trying to get the court to overturn that one particular decision. And yeah, sure, we can have millions of women in the in the streets with their pink pussy hats after Donald Trump is elected president. But have we ever seen that translate to uh, a direct causal relationship between upset about Supreme Court decisions and what the left does in terms of organizing and in terms of voting? I don't think that we have in the right, way but, that we've seen it for the right. But this will be a the Republicans would win based on they're the only other option and turnout, right? And midterms, the party in power, they're already, they're celebrating, you know, they're not worried too much. And 
for whatever reason, again, people would wait until the fire, the house is on fire before they do something. But that would be the one argument where, like, that would motivate enough people to turn out at least to, to hold the current uh, setup. Yeah. Because, like I said, if it does go the way that a lot of people are expecting in the Supreme Court, they're going to say not only this, but this will further get worse because sure. old man, but, but what's his face, is going to retire or die. So I'll, I'll put it to you. I'll put it to you exactly this way, which is that I, I agree with half of your assessment, right? Because if Herschel Walker is the nominee against. Yeah. Raphael Warnock in Atlanta, right. right? And that's Did you send him that video? That's the one in 2022, right? Yeah. Is yeah. uh is whoever the Republicans come up with against uh Warnock, who I think is like a he's a perfectly fine Yeah, he's uh, serviceable, yeah. politician. He's been doing the job and he's uh, he's fine in in the media and all of that. Uh do you think what matters more to the people of Georgia? Maintaining control of uh, the Senate for the Democrats so that Mitch McConnell cannot block and 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 permanently end essentially any chance of ever putting a liberal on the Supreme Court ever again, or making sure that Herschel fucking Walker <laughs> yeah, doesn't become the senator. Right? You, did like, you which, send him that video? Which of those? I don't think I did. I can oh, I can play, play the clip right here. Now. Did you see the clip of Herschel talking about? No. Something this oh weekend. God. What did Herschel say? All right, I'll find it. It's Herschel didn't say anything. I'm trying to figure out what it reminds me of. And it's it reminds me a little bit of Donald Trump, but much sadder. I don't know. Yeah, he had some it's, thing, right? Like an actual so disorder. I mean, ha- Trump is Trump, but like got, he has some sort of thing. There well, there's a reason they like each other, you know. Yeah. There's an element of uh He's trying to do OJ. Have you seen any of OJ Simpson's selfie OJ. videos Where on he did like Twitter, Twitter World? And he had hey, Twitter World, it's juice <laughs> like that. Like so at a just, he's charismatic. Or he's always he's always either like in his backyard by the pool with the golf course in the background. Can, yeah, he didn't play. He or was he's just literally like, on the golf course, like yeah. in between shots, just doing ninety, just riffing ninety seconds on the weekend's football, and then also something that he saw on Fox News that morning, like. Say what you will, obviously, about that murdering bastard, but those are great. Like, <laughs> yeah, those are fine. He's charismatic. Uh, like, O.J. It, can do it, and it's it works when O.J. does it. It's still yeah. embarrassing and weird, but it's not as cringy and sad. Right. O.J. is sort of best-case scenario for, like, I don't know how old he is. Your 70-year-old grand- grandfather or parent, if your grandfather or, or parent is a murderous boomer, then you want them to be as coherent and and tech savvy. And and not caring. Like a, doesn't care. As OJ is. Yeah. Yeah. What, if it weren't you for the murderers, people would have overlooked all the, the wife beating he did because he's so charismatic. Like yeah. he just No, he would absolutely still be like he would be yeah, somewhere on ESPN lovable, or, or yeah. NBC yeah. or something calling yeah. games. Anyway, all right. Uh, on the other side of the spectrum. Oh my we boy. Have, Herschel, who has previously used his multiple personality or bipolar disorder as a defense for his domestic abuse allegations. Uh, So this is this is Herschel two days ago on Twitter. Bill by Betty. You probably want something written like Lord of Land stating all men are to be treated equal. Oh, we have the Constitution. So you probably want to put people in charge who's going to fight for the Constitution. Just thinking. 
God bless you. Thinking. Oh, boy. Just Whew. thinking. So this is uh, not going to go very far. His... Uh, by the way, I think if they make him the Republican nominee, he's not. Yeah, <laughs> he's not. Donald but- Trump was the fucking president of the goddamn United States. Anything is possible now. Anything. Anything. Go Anything. back and look at what he did and you go, no way. No way. There's just no way. This will end very quickly. And then it didn't. It took a very long time and it's still not really over. So don't count Herschel Walker out yet. <laughs> it will be interesting to see how Georgia shakes out compared to the rest of the country because you could still have this red wave thing nationally but in the state of georgia our current governor kemp he's being challenged by two different candidates like the senate there's multiple republican candidates vying for the primary whereas on the democratic side it's pretty set um uh, Stacey Abrams is going to give it a go a second time, and uh, Raphael Warnock is being unchallenged, right? So basically, it's a very clear path one way, and already there are attack ads against, oh, David Perdue is a piece of shit, or, you know, Kemp is weak on this. You know, like, all of these attack ads, Republicans against Republicans attacking each other, that's never a good sign. Right. So, so do I we know- think that Kemp – so I, I agree. I think Georgia's like – the most interesting state in 2022 in terms of it says almost nothing about the future yeah <laughs> right so, yeah. so like you will we will learn nothing about the next 10 years in american politics from what happens in georgia in 2022 but in terms of the immediate the immediate now the in terms of what's interesting now uh yeah what's happening in georgia this year is absolutely fascinating because you have <laughs> kemp who was b- before january 6th basically who b- yes. before the election in in 2020 certainly was as Trumpy as as Trump would personally hope for, right? He, he was literally he was the one doing ads on the back of pickups with rifles up in his arm. Illegal immigrants yeah. or whatever. He had like a shotgun pointed in the general direction of a suitor of one of his daughters, like right. And he had to like give the campaign speech or whatever before he let him go or whatever. He was very Trumpy. Right, but because he did not come up with 11,787 votes or whatever the number is that Trump said that he needed him to come up with, right? Uh, then now he's disowned from the party, basically. And Which it, is it a fancy way of saying commit like election fraud on behalf of Trump. Right? I mean, like you can't just come up with 11,000 right. votes. Do crimes for me so I can stay – not even so I can stay president, but so that I can say that I should be allowed to stay president. Right, because right? that would like, be the first domino to fall, although what a domino, right? But like you – one state wouldn't have done it. He would have needed right. multiple states. Then he can go to Pennsylvania. He'd be like, hey, I got Brian Kemp to yeah. do crimes for me in Georgia. Why can't you do it, Pennsylvania? It's like, why are you being an asshole, right? right. So even that, like, and, and people are, I think it's um, like the senator candidates are saying, oh, um, Brian Kemp was uh, insufficiently Republican and he should have, like, they never actually say he should have committed crimes on behalf of Trump, right? right? But they're just like, he shouldn't have blah, 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 blah. And that's like a he winning argument. He shouldn't have not committed the also, crimes. Also, for what it's worth, right. I mean, and I don't live there, so I don't know, but from afar, Brian Kemp has been way less of a pain in the ass of a governor as you might have thought he was going to be as a, as a more centrist or even left-leaning person uh, based on the way that he campaigned, right? right. So he that- campaigned a certain way, but he's been governing more to the middle. Not to say that he's been governing as a centrist. That is not that is right. not fair. But generally, that's almost always the case. Like, if anybody's going to be have to moderate, it's the governor because they actually have to do stuff. Like, senators and members of Congress, you know, 
they pass a bill or two, but mostly they just grandstand, right? And so they can stand on whatever ideologies that they have. But if you're the governor, you actually have to do stuff every now and again. And what's funny is Purdue did not ever seem particularly comfortable being the Trumpy asshole, right? Right. Like he didn't ever do that, whereas Kemp did. And now their roles are precisely reversed. And Kemp is going to try to uh, fight for the job in order to go up against Abrams again, who I think that he could probably beat. And it and it's funny because I think he's got a better shot as being an acceptable Republican to the non-insane wing of I mean and and it's it sounds silly coming out of my mouth when it, so I was watching the news this weekend and Jonah Goldberg said there must be a large contingent of Republicans who are not insane and they're just not speaking up right, right. and the the and the guy that he was on the panel with had this big incredulous like you got to be fucking kidding me smile on his face because they keep showing polls of Republicans who. Like eighty percent of them, or something, believe yeah. that uh, yeah, there Joe isn't Biden that. was not elected there just uh, legitimately. Isn't that. Sorry. Except that, except that the idea that there's, we have to understand that there's a there's a difference between what you will tell an NBC News pollster who calls you up on the phone when when they ask you the question, "Do you believe Joe Biden was elected uh, legitimately?" If you are a Republican and you identify as a Republican, you know that the Republican response to that is to say, "No, that's the current party line." Mostly because it makes the people at NBC News and their viewers fucking insane, right? right. And they get to go on television and talk about how apoplectic they are about the fact that there's all these lunatics in the Republican base and the. Those, those same assholes who say, yeah, I don't think he was legitimately elected are mostly just fucking laughing at you, right? They're, they're just dismissing you as being completely inconsequential and as being full of shit. Right, but that's an insignificant number who actually believe I'm not saying that, that. there aren't insane people in the Republican Party. I'm not, I'm not, I'm so- I don't think they think they're insane. I just think they're like, hey, that's what my party's the up to. The only news they've consumed in the last four, five, six years has led them to think, yeah, it probably wasn't a legitimate election right. in a very shrug-off-y, like, well, what are you going to do kind of way. They, right. They believe... They're like, yeah, I guess that's just not how it is I think is it's anymore. just shit that they say. No, I, I, think, think, I think there's a, a surprising number of people. And I, like like Lori said, like the intensity isn't there. They're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But like actual belief, it's like, yeah, yeah there's some. They don't deeply believe it. But yeah, they, if you say, was, that, was he fairly elected? They'll say, probably not. Right. Sure. I, 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 just... I, I think that is what I've come to say. I think. I've been giving too much, uh, too many outs to people. I think people just actually believe this stuff. They're not gonna like do an insurrection or whatever over it. Yeah. But like, if you sure, ask them, who like, do you, yeah, who I think do you think weird happened. Who do you think stands a better chance against Stacey Abrams in the fall? Is it is it Purdue doing? No, no, doing it's gotta be Kemp because basically, if Kemp can make it out of the primaries, then the Republican Party is not gonna win the governorship, right? Because it'll be so fractured. So you don't think that the Kemp coalition, such that it is, like it's just fucking Georgia Republicans. You don't think that Georgia Republicans are going to vote for the Republican just because it's the Republican? No, no, I, I just think if the incumbent Republican in a purple state, but you know, leans red state, can't stave off like a challenger from the primary that means that he's weak enough yeah. to where whomever makes it through the primaries will lose and also there's the other component of like first of all it's, it's a good thing that Ossoff isn't the one that's having to re-up this quickly right because I think he would have fared worse Ossoff would be toast I think right Warnock and and Stacey Abrams you probably have a pretty good turnout for that in Georgia anyways 
And so if the the right, because the, the problem that I find with primary challenges, it's like, oh, you, you, you may think, okay, they'll argue, but then they'll get together in the summer, in the fall, kumbaya. But some of the attacks are very, like, pointed. It's like, in 2016, like, Purdue, like, stole money or whatever. Like, it's like, holy shit. Like, you can't, like, walk that back right. whenever it's settled. Like, they're they're very harsh. And so the Democratic side can just take that over and just say blah, 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 right? Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I have to, ass- I, I will assume right now that Kemp is the nominee. I think that's sort I of think the, so too. the baseline. And that will be an interesting fight between him and Abrams. I, I really hope that she doesn't harp on the, I was, le- I should have yeah. been the legitimate. If she goes down that road again after her failure to properly and fully concede, like she, she likes to mince words with whether or not she conceded in, in 2018, but, but she was not, she, she said, and I, we can find the clips. I'm not going to bother, but she said something to the effect of, I should have been elected and I would have been if he hadn't cheated and stolen it. Uh, right. And, and yet yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe there's an argument there, uh, but it's certainly no way. Uh, it just feels like sour grapes at this point. She needs to win on the, on the merits this time around. Oh, no one winning on merits. It's just, just, just needs to win on the vote. Should sure. we talk about movies now? It's getting late. Sure. In a minute. Any other predictions for 2022? Lori, would you like to make any non-political, just any, any, Predictions we can look back upon and laugh about no. a, a year from now. No. Got nothing? No, I don't, I don't guess football games. I also predict that uh, movies and television will continue to mostly That's suck. That's not a prediction. <laughs> That's... Will more people die? Because, you know, in 21, more people died from COVID than 20, even though there was like two months where no one died no, back I in 2020. 21, 21 will, this is, yeah, firm prediction, 21 will have been the, the worst year for okay, death. so you think there's no scenario where 22. Yeah. It's like, now, that's too much. <laughs> too there's many, a game that Too many we have. people have, have some, de- so now we're up to, I think the number, and I keep screwing this number up because of the way that they're presented. I think that 78% of people five and older have gotten at least one shot of uh, vaccine. Okay. 78%. That's a good number. Nearly four out of five. Absolute resounding success to say nothing of the natural immunity uh, conferred upon people once you've uh, gotten and survived the virus. Uh, We're in great shape as far as that goes moving forward. Moving along. Let's talk about movies. Can we do one more prediction? I just want to have you guys... I'm going to lighten it up a bit because I think it was too harsh last time I presented it in the group chat, but suppose the queen were to die, right? I'm not saying she's not going to make it past <laughs> okay. this year, right? Yeah. Okay. Do you think many Commonwealth countries will take that as an opportunity to get the fuck out of the yes. the thing, like yes. Barbados or whatever? Because I'm thinking yeah. like nobody's going to be following yeah. King What's-His-Face, right? No, so, they've been wanting to anyway. They just don't want to be rude. Right. So I think as soon yeah. as she dies, they're like, all right, yeah. everybody, <laughs> Australia... Canada, we're doing our own thing now. Yeah. I don't know about Australia and Canada, but yeah, like Barbados and... But the, the, the in those places, the head of state is the queen, right? They wouldn't let that fucking king, what's his face, uh, Charles, no, is there's it? A, there's a good... It doesn't matter. Yeah. Do I they think get any right. benefit? Like, what is, is no, there any material nothing. or financial no. benefit from being... They get being... nothing. Yeah, I don't think... I don't know why they, they even do it, but yeah. They get absolutely nothing. They do it because they've been doing it. Right. That's the only reason they do it. Yeah. 
I mean, if there was any like material or financial benefit to being part of the the British diaspora or whatever, however the no. fuck that's considered, the Commonwealth of Nations or what? There's some dressed up. They won't. Right. Obviously, then then it would be less important to countries like Australia and Canada, presumably, because those are like you know great big economies that no amount of financial or, or material benefit can matter that much to those two gigantic countries. But right. smaller countries, you would think, if there is some... And I have no idea. I'm there 100% isn't. ignorant on that question. So what is your prediction that the Queen's going to die in 2020? Well, I I suspect that the it's Queen and, and our uh, Georgia former president, Carter, not going to see 23. Not a nice prediction, but I think this is it. Okay. Noted. Uh, we watched we watched some movies here. We'll talk about this instead of doing it in the wrap up like we usually do. Uh, what do we want to do first? We want to do the Matrix, or do and we want to pick. do the uh, Don't Look Up movie? What did you guys think of the Matrix? All right, so let's we'll do the Matrix. So Matrix Four, <laughs> Matrix Resurrections. <laughs> Lori made a non-committal sort of shruggy face. I uh, to as a preface. Love The Matrix. Yeah, me too. Uh, and then episode two, uh, Matrix uh, Reloaded, also really, really loved. And, I fell asleep. And then the third one I thought was a good movie. Did I not see. I thought it was an appropriate. What was that called? Revolution? What is that? Third revolutions. One? Yes, okay. Revolutions. I thought that, that they were, as a trilogy, it was good. As a first movie, it was great. I would watch uh, the first movie again right now, happily. Yeah. Uh, Matrix Resurrections, my final verdict is that it, it kind of fucking sucked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's where I landed. I skipped I the middle I bargained with myself. I, I tried to convince myself that I actually kind of liked it, but like in the taking the whole view of it, it's, ah, that movie fucking sucked. Yeah, my, my two thoughts. First of all, I... Did not watch all four. I loved the first one. Loved it so much that I yes. oh, like, I don't even need to watch another one of these fucking right. things, right? It'll be like, you know, pointless. So loved, skipped, skipped, and then just yeah, just hated this last one. Because, first of all, I feel vindicated. The blue pill people, what was the point of taking the stupid red pill if you're going to end right. up 20 years later not remembering nothing and you're seeing some shrink? It's a terrible life. Like, you might as well just got on board early on. But the movie just kind of felt, like, pointless. Like, there were some uh, – wasn't it a part at the top where there were, like, oh, they're making us do it? This dude – like, almost kind of like a jokey yeah. – Yeah, they, they're, they're making – he said, I'm going to do this with or without you, so right. you might as well do it, or I'll just do whatever I want. Right. Which was one of the only things about the movie that worked. The other thing about the movie that worked, just like he does in everything, is Jonathan Groff. More work yes. for him, please. He's I, just a fucking treasure, and we need more of him everywhere. This is, uh, as I'm getting older and older, this is happening more frequently, but for like 20 minutes, I'm looking at him like, how do I know this fucking guy? Like, how do right. I know this guy? I just couldn't piece, and I'm like, oh my God, he's a fucking king from the thing. Right. He sure is. <laughs> he was great. My so, kids are upstairs watching Frozen 2 right now. He's singing in that. Oh, he, yeah. John- he can sing too? He's saying on the fucking yeah. as the king. By the way, it's remarkable <laughs> that he's good in all these other things, but in Mindhunter, he's, so he's such a, he's such a wet blanket. Like he had no expression. Like the Netflix show. I still show. have never gone. I've always meant, meant to watch Mindhunter, and we just Let's haven't done it. Let's watch it tomorrow. It. Uh, I want to watch Mindhunter. Jonathan Groff's in it. Yeah. I know, but it's not. 
in his Jonathan Groff. He's just no, like just he's not he, he's not a shiny superstar, but he's still good. Yeah, yeah, Groff plays Agent Smith, which used to be Hugo Weaving's role, and for reason. I mean, I literally you just have to say for reasons. Uh, Hugo Weaving is not reprising the what role. Are the reasons. The, they try to justify it in movie as saying this is like it's sort of a new Smith. It's, a, it's an unleashed oh, and different oh, Smith. Oh, I thought you knew the real reasons. No, they just oh, didn't okay. ask is, Hugo Weaving to oh, come okay. back and do it. Is the Hugo, somebody. whatever the fuck his name is, like, was he up to, uh, was he physically able to, like, do all the no, stuff? maybe he's canceled. I don't oh. think he's canceled. Maybe that's, grub somebody that's... or something? Maybe he's about to be canceled. Okay. <laughs> maybe they know something is what I'm well, saying. Didn't they do similar with Lawrence Fishburne? They just made him younger. Right, so they reinvented the Morpheus character as being Morpheus is actually a programmed version of Morpheus and Smith. He's been reprogrammed by Neo, who was resurrected by the analyst to make a more stable matrix here uh, for the last 20. And yet, it is just complete dog shit. And I, and I, I sort of enjoyed at the top. I thought it was clever. Like I, I sort of appreciated as a as a way in, like the the setup is Neo is or or Thomas Anderson, who, who's played by Keanu Reeves, is a video game programmer who had a great success twenty years ago, making programming these Matrix games that that apparently were wildly popular in the universe of the movie, and now they're forcing him. When he would rather be working on another project, they're forcing him back into making a sequel, of a fourth version of the game. Right. And I thought, like, okay, cle- clever enough. Right. But then immediately where they go with it is stupid. And then the, where, where they ultimately go with it, where the whole point of the movie can basically be said, uh, Neo has to reconvince Trinity that they are the loves of each other of each other's lives in order to uh, save the world basically right. right which is the whole point of the fucking movie 20 something years yes. ago <laughs> and then the I... whole point of the entire trilogy <laughs> after that like it's also what the is the worst... story that what are we doing here it's also the worst part of the first movie is like at the end when Trinity's like oh and I love you yeah. and that's how I like shut the fuck up this right. movie was cool till right. you except, said that except the, that I thought that they in... end up they, they end up earning it in the second one in my opinion uh, they I sort don't of, care they sort of earn it I think that it, there, there, are, there are beautiful moments uh, and emotional moments of payoff in the original trilogy and this just feels like intellectual property it, it and that's what it is because that's what it is right like this was a this was a piece of art 20 years ago yes. say what you will about whether or not the sequels succeeded right or should have even been made but this just feels entirely like it's of a piece with space jam 2 like it just feels like a piece yes. of fucking product <laughs> this is i mean Space Time 2, I haven't seen, but I heard it's terrible. But the comparison that I make, and I think it's a bit unfair, but it's close enough. It's like it went from like Jaws to like the Mario Van Peoples Jaws 3D or whatever the fuck happened like in the yeah. 80s. Like it just like, what's the point of this? I mean, you had a very good idea, a shark fucking scaring people. Great idea. <laughs> like this Matrix idea, great idea. Don't, you can't improve on it. Just leave it be. Right. And like, the fun thing about the Matrix and about good sci-fi and about good art, period, right? In general, 
is that it functions as metaphor, right? Like it functions as a way of discussing things that are not the thing itself. And yeah, it can be fun to get into the mythology of a certain universe of film or 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 stories or whatever it is, right? And it can be it, it can be fun if you're a, a Tolkien freak to to read all of the Lord of the Rings books a million times and just just live and breathe all of the details and to really know it. But at at, at bottom of that is that it's telling a story that speaks to something bigger than itself, right? And the more that you keep reproducing the same IP over and over again, the more that it becomes more meta and self-referential and just about the thing itself, the more that it becomes a cinematic universe in the vein of, of Marvel and in the way that, that Star Wars became, then the less interesting it actually is as a work of art because it's just this self-contained universe of fucking bullshit that doesn't actually matter, that doesn't speak to anything but itself right it shouldn't fucking exist and and i'm sorry that that uh lana wachowski felt compelled to come back in because warner brothers was going to make it without her but you should have just let them make it without you right like if if this is the product this is what we end up with is this steaming pile of shit that is sort of interesting for 15 minutes and then if you can follow if you can honestly tell me after watching that movie what the fuck happens in the last hour and a half then you're doing you're either way smarter than me or or like I didn't even have a drink that night until after like I wanted to make sure that I was fully paying attention to what was going on because I didn't want to miss anything because I love these fucking movies. Right. But, like, if you could tell me what, like, just plot-wise, what actually happens and why from about 45 minutes or an hour in, basically the entire second and third acts are, are a complete fucking mystery to right. me after first watch. Yeah, they lost me when Neil Patrick Harris was... With, was not just the therapist anymore. Yeah, yeah like doing the time track, like as the pausing. As soon as that and, happened, I was yeah. like, oh, I stopped caring. Right. Eh, I don't care anymore. This will be fine, and but how I don't fuck, care. Like, and, and then to go back into it, like the specifics, if we're going to live in this stupid universe, like so Neil Patrick Harris can just fucking stop time and walk around like yeah. he's in a commercial from the 90s or something. <laughs> like, And that's the level of... That's what they came up with is he's just going to like Clarissa explains it all to us. Like that's the big fucking yeah. revolution is that he gets to stand there and do exp expository Zach dialogue. Morris. Zach Morris is who Sure. Did that. He's Zach Morrising yes. essentially yeah. uh, during, during the movie. Like it's so fucking stupid. And then uh, he sucks too, by the way, like, like as, as a, as a part, it's just not good Yeah. and he's not good at it. He doesn't belong in this fucking movie. And yeah, I also like Jonathan Groff, but what the fuck is Smith doing? What is the, what, why does he show up and save the day at the end of the, right before yeah, the, that's right. Yeah. And like, it the makes no fucking yeah. sense whatsoever. Yeah. And, and then the last scene where Neil Patrick Harris is sitting there in his office and Trinity and Neo, and of course it they has to be. They fly to him or whatever, right? They, they fly up to him, right? And by the way, okay, <laughs> take another step back because this movie really fucking pisses me off, which is that Keanu Reeves as Neo as Tom Anderson was a fucking badass. And I'm not, and yeah, was it corny and silly that he's in like this black trench coat and he's got all this black leather and it's like weird leather daddy shit and he's got like guns all the time and it's like fucking lame as shit. But also it's a look, right? And yeah. it fucking works. 
and now he's fucking Doctor Strange? Like, his entire move throughout this entire movie is to just do the wizard hands like he's doing adult karate? And he's it, like, the, um, it looks the girl ridiculous. from The Incredibles who could do the force field? Yeah, the, what the is, teenage like, girl. why is he just doing arm dancing the entire fucking movie? It looks absurd and stupid and silly. And, and then... And, and despite the fact that he seems to have such complete control in this Matrix, much as he did in old versions of the Matrix, where he could, in fact, fly, he can, he can, he does the thing with his arms, he stops he all of the bullets. Fly, just like he, Peter Pan and He Huck. literally takes a bazooka that's headed at his face and redirects it with his hand energy or whatever. Right. So that it goes into the other bad guy helicopter, right? And so he has that level of control over the physical reality of this universe, but for some reason can't get over the little hump but, that he can't fly. Also that, in the big moments of the movie, they can just make Trinity fucking fly? Yes! That's the <laughs> kicker that you came up with? Fucking by stupid way, piece of shit from, movie. Just from Trinity, like in the first movie. And by the way, sometimes I will watch like a sequel to something that I dislike so much that I start to question whether I even like the original. So I went back to watch yeah. the original, and it holds up. It's a great, great. Yeah. Still, no, it doesn't take movie. anything away. What's that? This one didn't take anything away. It didn't take. From the yeah, first but one. sometimes not at all. Sometimes, sometimes that happens. Not, be so not bad. for not trying. Not, not, not. It's because we can ignore this yes. that yeah. it doesn't yeah. take anything away right. from the first movie. But the first, the ver and again, I didn't see the middle two, and I'm glad for it. Uh, in the very first movie, basically, like he just doesn't believe in himself, and it's like you got to be the one because this, this stupid fucking oracle person told me you're. I love you, blah 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 blah. So then that was enough for him to kick in whatever power he had. This one, she literally had to touch him. For him to get the power, she now has the power to fly. Like it's like a transfer. Right, which, I don't know what if, happened. If anything, is a is a betrayal of the love that he allegedly feels for this character Trinity, right? Because if he still felt that love, that should itself be enough. Like whatever. It's Do you all think it's fucking a stupid. fair criticism? I didn't. This wasn't a point that I noticed. But is there like a lack of chemistry between the two actors? Yes. There's no chemistry because okay. she's so not great at acting, and neither is Karen, he. Karen. Neither of them are good so, at acting. But also, was... it's a stupid plot line. It's just stop watching the movie ten minutes before it ends, and you won't be disappointed. Yeah, the, is how last, I feel about the Matrix. That last scene, that last scene in this movie where they fly into his office, and it's this weird, like, jokey, sarcastic, like. The tone of it is just completely off, yes. and it sucks so much ass. Because at the end of at the end of Revolutions, there's a similar scene with a beautiful sky where they they there's a conversation between like the Oracle and some kid. I don't even remember because I've only seen the movie a few times. But like it's this beautiful like emotional moment at the end of the trilogy. And maybe you buy it, maybe you don't. Whatever. But at least it's not this stupid weird like like internet troll feeling that you get at the end of that movie where it's like jokey and and stupid. I, I just I just can't fucking it, stand it. It was so odd. It just almost felt like it was like a sabotage by the person. What, what, right, it felt like a it, it felt like a post-credit scene that was so completely out of out of the feel of the rest of the movie. Right. And then the post-credit scene fucking sucked too. But whatever. Uh we don't we don't have to talk about that movie Let's anymore or ever again. We also watched uh Don't Look Up, Don't Look which is Up. 
Adam McKay's new okay, movie. Which so by wait, the, okay, who's so Adam McKay? What finish. else did he do? Let me, let me do the, the professional thing here. If you'd like to watch The Matrix uh, 4, it's on HBO for the next couple of weeks before it goes away for three months and then and it comes come back. back. Yeah. Whatever the fuck. It's but also like, in theaters. Uh, but don't. Just watch the first Matrix, which is also on HBO Max. Watch that instead, or watch it Who in 4K. Who doesn't own the first... Who listens to this show that doesn't have an original DVD of the Matrix? I don't know. I couldn't find my... I'm, I'm sure I could find the Matrix DVD in the house somewhere. I also have it it's on, on Blu-ray. Bo- it's on the wall right over there. And I also have it in 4K, which is the correct way to watch it's it. It's the first thing we buy when we buy... When there's a new right. upgraded <laughs> thing. It's if like, oh, an- gotta get the Matrix on that. No. <laughs> Uh, that so that's HBO true. Max. Uh, don't look up Adam McKay's new movie, the guy who did the big short. He did oh, yeah. uh, Anchorman. He did the Dick Cheney one too, right? That wasn't so good. Yeah. yeah. He uh, did the big short, which I liked a lot. Yeah, and that short, other one, which I didn't see. On, uh, on Netflix right now is Don't Look Up. It's got Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence among... A bunch of other people. Uh, a whole bunch of other famous people. Usually not in the same room with one another. All right, so we let off with our feelings, or I did anyway, uh, my feelings about The Matrix 4. What were your feelings so, on Don't Look Up? The, Which, the good... Uh, uh, quick, quick capsule summary. It's about a meteor that is, or an asteroid that's going to strike Earth, rendering all life on Earth, uh, rendering the planet uninhabitable, and uh, and all all the humans will die like the dinosaur one, and, and but now Leo is trying to Leonardo DiCaprio is trying to convince everybody that this and is going to happen. Jennifer Lawrence and Jennifer Lawrence as well, and everyone is just sort of ignoring it. Right. So, had I seen this without knowing anything about it, I would have totally hated it. I got enough advanced warning about how on the nose and how smug, and so it it kind of managed my expectations. So by the time that I watched it, I was like, okay, this is I knew what I was getting. And so I just disliked it. But I, if I if I just came, right. went in without knowing anything, I would have strongly, strongly hated this movie. That's funny that because that's almost exactly how I felt. Is that like I watched it and I was like, I guess this is fine. Like whatever. Like it. I have my problems with it. But that was because I was prepped ahead of time, right? By reading a couple of articles about it. Like expecting that the smug coming off it would just make it one of the worst movies I'd ever seen, and it wasn't. It's not one of the worst movies right. I've ever seen. I didn't have any. I didn't know anything about it except that it was a movie that exists, and yes. that there were articles written about it. Yes. But like, I didn't. I didn't know anything. And also, that was the night that we were having vaccine side effects. Oh, I see. So I will say it was the perfect movie to watch <laughs> that night. Like, that was perfect yes. for the mood I was in. Like, I don't want something great. I don't want something awful. I want to be entertained, yes. but I don't want a wild romp. And then the next morning when I woke up, I realized that I really liked that movie because it wasn't that good. Right. And it reminds me of things that I do where it's like, I don't know, here, it could be better, but this is all I'm going to do. I'm going to, this is the work I've done. I feel all right about it. Here's your movie. The the the, the, the problem, and, and maybe I mean I don't know Adam McKay, but it almost seems like he thinks like he's doing a thing. It's like it's so like on the nose. It's not there's nothing like sophisticated about what he did. But I, I imagine that they they think that they're doing something. I uh, guess with I've they seen though? this. I don't know that they do. I've seen it compared to Doctor Strangelove, and it makes me want to like wow, do really? big murder. That's right. Weird. So it's 
because in a in a in yeah, a, it's a doomsday thing. In a way, it's a doomsday thing about the end of life on Earth, and the, and and it's a, a dark warning about what could be coming down the down the road. The difference, and this is an important difference. There's not anybody in Doctor Strangelove, Stanley Kubrick's arguably his best film that he ever made. I I would I would not be mad at you if you think that Doctor Strangelove is Kubrick's best movie. One of the best American movies ever made, as far as I'm concerned. And what's, what, what's crucially missing from Dr. Strangelove is the fucking voice of reason, right? Like, right. <laughs> at, at no point does Stanley Kubrick or someone speaking in Stanley Kubrick's voice stand up and, like, look directly into camera and say, Would you get a load of all these assholes? These, all these assholes are going to get us all killed if they don't uh, get their acts together. But, like... All of the important characters in the Adam McKay movie, Don't Look Up, right. are, are playing that role, right? They are the angel. Like, the, you can't have an angel in the middle of your... That's true. Uh, yeah. The world is ending and everybody's a fucking moron because they don't realize it movie. You need to just make that... That's that's what a satire is, right? Yeah. That that would that, You can't have somebody in the middle of it saying, like... Why am I the only smart one who knows well, what the fuck is happening? I, I, I read some people comparing it to idiocracy for that reason yeah. because basically everybody's just dumb, which was one of the problems that I had with it. I mean, in some respects, like I think what McKay was trying to go for was basically like trying to make it be like both sides are kind of full of shit in different ways. Like yeah. on one side, you have people, oh, let's write a song about it and let's say we care, but well, do it's nothing. global warming. And then, yeah, so basically, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people were conflating it with COVID, but this was written no, it about global warming. Uh, global warming. Um, and then I think he's like, oh, let's get somebody to be, look seemingly like Hillary, but actually behave like Trump. Like that Meryl Streep character, basically like yeah. a no, hybrid was, between that, the two. That was obvious, and they did it as well as you could. Like right. a female Trump with the, the Jonah Hill character was good where it was the son that was like obsessed yeah. with his hot jo- mom like literally jonah hill was the only good thing in the movie um, like, and who I, was that guy that i was like who's that guy what was his name tyler perry no the young white guy oh timothy the, chalamet yes oh yeah well he's cute oh that he, guy's good in, that guy. just about everything that i've seen him in he's been good I don't know him. I oh, no, he clearly he's didn't even know his name he was in, just uh, now. The little sure, sure. He's fine. I don't think he's great or anything. Well, he he's walked fine. in the scene and I was like, who the fuck is this? Right. This guy's an actor of some kind. Well, yeah, he's a good but the, one. The point is that he's like slumming it playing this stupid stoner reformed Christian or something, right? Like yeah, that's... but it worked. Sure. I don't know. I thought it was a... I didn't... Even Laurie's estimation of it, I think, is, is giving it too much credit. Also, I think it's... Isn't it? I mean, I know you have to kind of accept the premise and live with that, just as long as it's consistent from that point on. But what what kept on taking me out of the movie was that that scenario would never actually happen. Like the reason why nobody gives a shit about global warming is because it's such a slow moving kind of thing that people are just like, yeah. I'm worried about food today. I'm worried about my job today. I can't worry about a degree or two a hundred years from now, right? So like, there are certain right. things that humans are just not very good at, and we would cause our own ruin like global warming right because it's, it's not, such a not, not only not only that but like and i i don't want to come off as some sort of like denialist or what have you here right. but 
uh, the climate's going to change regardless. And yeah, right. they're pumping unspeakable amounts of uh, burnt carbon into yeah, the atmosphere. Yeah, but that's why they didn't make a movie about global warming. They had to use something else that's not as like right, yeah, abstract it, it, it can, and boring. Right, because that would have been even worse, right? If the movie was like literally on the nose <laughs> about global warming, everything they is the same. They made a movie like... about that. It was called The Day After Tomorrow. Right, but and like you, for are... some reason, don't like it. Right, I thought that movie, but that movie fucking rules compared right. to this movie. But that it, movie is highly watchable. It wasn't trying to like teach anybody anything. It's like this is a fun, stupid popcorn movie. The thing about our lizard brains, though, it's like nothing captures the imagination more than some fucking rock falling on us. Like you think nobody's gonna look up if. A fucking asteroid was coming down? Like, are you right. serious? People will be freaking Especially out. Especially considering the way that it's set up is that any asshole with a backyard telescope or right. a, a telescope on the on the roof of their house could have found the thing, right? right. Like it's And past a certain point, like like you know, maybe thirty minutes into the up until like thirty, forty minutes into the movie, I can understand the stupidity, like the Don Lemon and whatever character that Tyler Perry is playing and you know, this like those anchors. It's morning the, Joe. They're, they're just doing oh, morning Joe. What, it's yeah. I guess yeah. that's what they were doing. Yeah, you're right. But, like, past a certain point, it's like they proved the case, right? And people were still like, oh, I don't know. It's like, still? like. But that's what they've done with global warming. No. <laughs> the thing is... No, I all, know, but that's the thing is that's is what they've gonna, done. Global warming not killing everybody, right? Billions of people will still whatever. live. It will yes, just be but eventually we won't is the thing. No, we'll have, like, coastline property in Kansas or whatever. It'll be fine. But, like... That is going to kill everybody, and I'm glad that they saw to the end. So, but there are, so, but there are, there are, there's an element out there of people who think that we should be treating the coming climate catastrophe as we would treat an asteroid flying at us that's going to end all life on Earth in six months, right? Like there are, and I, I don't know how you respond to that rationally. Like, well, all you've been saying for the past decade is we need to find a way to get off this planet. I've been saying that, so I've actually been saying that less than I was saying that a decade ago, I would say. That's which because is that there's this been is... other stuff going on. No, 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 no. Sincerely, my belief about getting off this planet has changed. I would, in, on the, I would have said on this podcast in 2009 that the human species needs to get off Earth as quickly as possible. To a better planet uh, or just be... any shithole that we should well i think that what I, the way that i used to formulate it was that we should be marshalling a significant chunk of our available and expending resources on figuring out a way for the species to survive off of earth because ultimately we will not be able to inhabit earth on the long run right uh, whether it is man-made climate change that is going to uh, bankrupt the environment in such a way in the next 100 or 200 years that makes life unlivable here, which I, I don't think is the case, or just the regular thrumming and humping of the planets and its internals that you get an ice age every 30 or 50,000 years, right? And I mean, human history is like incredibly short right, right. on the grand scheme of uh, life on Earth, and there will be glaciers covering the vast majority of the planet uh, sooner or later, and it will not be a place where we can thrive in a way that we have for the last, say, 10,000 or 50,000 years. And that 2009 me would have would have said we should be marshalling much more of our resources to figuring out how to live uh, elsewhere. I think that 2022 me would suggest that we should similarly be marshalling a great deal of our resources to the dual concerns of figuring out how to get off of fossil fuels and, and 
preferably into right now nuclear. I think that is the uh, uh, the way to go. And further figuring out how to control the climate, right? That is what we should be marshalling our resources to uh, is a way of attempting to control the environment and such because i don't think that we're it, it, it doesn't make a great deal of sense that we're going to be able to terra if we're going to be terraforming anything it's not going to be mars it's not going to be a planet in a nearby solar system it's going to be the earth itself and that but is if what you roll back right before you just started talking about that you just acted like there was nothing to worry about no that's what i'm saying is that there's not it's not that there's nothing to worry about it's that there is, in fact, this grave concern, which is that the planet is currently habitable in a way that it often is not, right? right. And whether yeah, that's... and you're saying that people who act like that's the biggest concern are wrong. No, I'm saying that people who act like we're going... I think that there's, a, there's a, an apocalyptic strain. I don't know if it's in human thought or just in American thought, but it is very much in American thought. Is is that we we are a, a a nation of apocalyptic thinkers, right? And there's a there's a a strain of sort of of liberal sort of technocrat almost that is apocalyptic about the climate catastrophe in much the same way that. Uh, wacko fundamentalist Christians are are apocalyptic about the the, the coming uh, rapture and and the literal fight with the literal devil on literal earth for God's literal glory, right? And I think that 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 both of those things, while not equally insane, are are a little bit silly in the same way. You know, and that uh, yeah, I I do think that we should be marshaling our more more appropriately marshaling our res- resources. To figure out how to better control the precious life on this planet. My only problem with the movie was in the beginning, and it's one of those where, like, it's a movie, so give it a break. Yeah. But when they're, like, hand-doing the math oh, about, like, how... Right. Like, you, like, the... You have a giant computer well, they, right behind you. They gotta you. demonstrate I'm how sure, uh, I'm sure you could just put the numbers in the computer and have this answer... But it wouldn't be as dramatic. Right. But it was like frustrating, feeling all feverish and achy. It's just like the fucking computer would do that. What is happening? Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's what the computer are there for. I, I do think, uh, obviously, we should probably pick up the pace on this whole uh, get in front of the global warming thing, of uh, the climate change thing. Uh, I do think, though, maybe this is just uh, ignorant on my part, but technology seems to be advancing so fast that we. We may find a solution just by accident, right? Some sort of we thing might. will be in like 2042 or something. Oh, shit. You press this button and half of the problems go away, right? Also, on this leaving planet thing, I am not for that like myself. Great planet we have. <laughs> At best, comparable to this. I don't see us getting a better planet than this, so right. I say we stick here. Also, we're like many generations away from that. I don't think this is like a viable thing. I never really entertained the, the that thought because... I'm not certainly going to be on some other planet. My, if I had kids, their grandkids, not even them. It would be a while before it's a viable thing. I'm not talking about like the Bezos, just, you know, right. go outside just a little bit and come back. But just to actually like travel to a different planet and live there and all that shit, we're so far away from that. Yeah. I will say that I enjoyed the uh, tech guy. The uh, Oh, that guy was weird. He was appropriately weird. Yeah. 
uh, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos, Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah, the Zuckerberg, uh, Bezos. Dorsey all rolled into character. one. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Elon Musk. What a greedy little shit. And I guess they, they like, I guess the McKays of the world couldn't help themselves. They're like, we gotta make it a little more greedy. Like, we even have a solution or like a potential to get in front of this stupid thing, asteroid, but like this, this rich fuck sees an opportunity to make even more money and like they're not teaming up with the rest of the world because they want to keep right. all that the money. That was arguably, I thought, like the most believable thing is that... Oh yeah, that would probably... And, and, and also it speaks to an actual concern, which is that we do not have enough of these precious metals on this planet uh, to, to make another fucking 10 billion of these devices well, in the next couple of years. That's what... I don't know if Julia will ever watch this movie because her job is in basically space intelligence oh so it just might be too stressful like you know I see. <laughs> fuck it but the thing i'm most curious about is how either realistic or unrealistic it would be to have the u.s sort of go this alone when it's not just affecting us I mean, this is like an existential threat. Like, I don't think they'll be yeah. sticking well, around. And, and then Russia and China try, and they fucking yeah, it blows up like, on, on the launch pad. It's like, everybody yeah, get in the room here. But that's Let's the thing. Out. Like, I wonder, yeah, you have private industry in it, which, with as someone who works for the government, she doesn't know anything about. But, like, she's in international intelligence as it relates to outer space. Right. So, like... She can't tell me much, right. but I would just be curious how, because there's like no mention of what France wants to do or anyone. Like they at the very end say like, oh, China and Russia decided to dip out, but yeah, but they, they don't mention the rest of the they, world. They had to, right? Because in the story, the the, the Americans yeah. and the company yeah, yeah, wouldn't yeah. want to cut them in on the profit. It's like, yeah. I can't imagine anyone being that greedy when you're facing like literal <laughs> extinction, but well, and I, wonder I wouldn't put too, it past anybody. If in, if, I mean, obviously, it's so stupid because it's a movie. Yeah. But, like, would the government just say to Jeff Bezos, look, we'll pay you whatever it is the right. fuck you want. Right. Just stay out of it. Yeah. Like, we will pay you for your information as long as you go away. Right. Just nationalize the fucking, uh, you know, happen. Tesla, whatever. Yeah. You exactly. work for us now. We'll shoot you mm -hmm. and your kids. Help us. Yep. I, I will say purely on the, from a, I don't know if it's the aesthetics of filmmaking during COVID or whatever. Yeah, it was a COVID movie. This movie constantly felt, for a movie that's about the extinction of all life on Earth, it felt very small. All of the characters sort of, like, and 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 part of it is that the, the characters only interacted with the other main characters yes. in the movie. Which sounds silly, uh, because of course, characters generally only interact with the other main characters in the movie. But it was weird that, like, uh, a way that I would put it is that, like, none of Leo's neighbors came to knock on the door to see, like say hey and see what's going on like that sort of thing like, like at the tail end was, yeah like even yeah, at the tail the end but thing. even throughout the movie it's it it felt very much a very small and they contained only had, thing. it was a pandemic thing no that's was because they couldn't and and the only way that they brought in the outside world was with like stock footage and with like uh still photographs CGI. of nature and stuff and with with cgi and it felt like a very weirdly small movie given its concerns and i don't know if that is the same problem with the Matrix production, but something Probably I forgot a to bit. something I forgot to mention about the Matrix is that the action scenes were like almost entirely incoherent. And this is yes. a this is this is a movie that in 1999 specialized 
in the, uh, a sort of beautiful ballet. The, the choreography of the action was perfect. And it's the same basic team. We've got a Wachowski sibling. We've got James Mateague on this production, who was also involved uh, the first go-around. You would think that with the same basic talent structure re returning, you would get a, a sort of uh, coherence, at least when it comes to the action scenes, and it looked like all of the rest of the trash Marvel stuff where you just sort of have cameras whipping around. You yeah. have no idea what's actually happening except for slow-mo shots of guns and arms and punches and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, like like the worst aspect of of the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, people argued, was that the, the close-up action just didn't fucking work. And there wasn't – so he's a, he's a brilliant – sort of kinetic filmmaker but but when he gets up close with the the fight scenes that it just doesn't quite come together and that was a much bigger problem in this matrix 4 movie than in any nolan movie i can think of which is that none of it made any sense from one moment to the next as far as where the action is happening and 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 what's happening from shot to shot it fucking sucks and i maybe you can attribute that to to more covid filmmaking problems but i don't know by the way it's interesting that i've read many 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 articles about this about this is you can kind of see how they're taking COVID into consideration, but still, I never noticed it when I'm actually watching it. Like I think, oh, I totally succession, do. It feels weird. They said that, oh, you notice how they have these actors doing this, and w in retrospect, I'll see exactly what you mean. But when I'm watching it, I'm like, huh, yeah. weird choice that they're, you know, they're yeah, just those three. It's there's a feeling, and I think in Don't Look Up, they leaned into it. Okay. And I think that's one of the things I liked most about it. It's just like, all right, it's going to be weird. Here we right. go. Like, yeah, there yeah, was a lot of those. I don't know those... why these people are together. And like, yeah, it's kind of seems like the people in the room are having a conversation. They're not actually in the same room, are they? Yeah. Weird, right? Yeah. Like, it just worked for me. Right. No, you're right. There yeah. are a couple of there are a couple of funny bits in the movie. It was entertaining enough, but like as a as a statement i don't know who it's a statement to i don't know who it is that it's trying to convince of anything and if it's not a successful movie and it's also not a successful statement then ultimately it's not a success and i don't know i don't th i don't think that the problem as mckay has been defending himself it's he's basically been saying well you're all proving my point it's like ah. what, is, what, what is what how basically you're you're not addressing the main thing everybody's like looking for distractions i guess or you're talking about all these other things it's yeah. like, well you made a movie with two of the biggest superstars in hollywood people want to talk about the movie part right. of the movie that was a, another thing I, that they uh oh by the way leo is kind of good looking like you know in the in this in the movie, they were like, oh, he's kind of a good-looking scientist. You know, like, they kind right. of were playing into that. He's not. Right, he's but not they were... very attractive as he's getting older. Right. I don't know. Maybe it was he's written like, when, like 10 years one. ago or something. But it was written as if it was, like, Leo sure. from Titanic. No, he was a cute kid. I think, I think that he had an awkward 30s phase. And I think he's actually looking better now than he was, say, 10 years ago. But I don't know. He's no Henry Cavill. What the fuck's his name? I yeah, think that's sure. about right. That's and as close no, as I'm going to get no, to no, it. No, no, The kid in the movie. The kid in the movie. Oh, Jonathan Timothy Chalamet. Oh, Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. He's no Timothy well, yeah. Chalamet. But he's like young. You're into you know? that weird little Twinkie kid? Like, I mean, like, in that, he, I, I don't know if I'm into him, but like, that was good. By the way. Sounds like you're into him. Sounds like you probably went to a concert with him back in like the mid 2000s and you think <laughs> like, it was me. And I, and I can't remember his name. Who's, yeah. who's the, Henry Cavill? He's Superman. The, uh, oh. H but not Brandon Routh. 
uh, HBO or HBO Max, I can't tell them apart anymore, but uh, they have this show, like the Sex Life of College Girls or whatever. One of the mm-hmm. actresses it looked like she had the face of the Shyamalan guy, and it's just very... Uh, it was weird me watching. I'm like this person looks like that other guy, and it turns out yeah. they're he siblings. He has a very feminine face, right? But it's just very weird when you see it in an actual woman. It's like, oh, that's that face should go here, and yeah. then you should have like a regular face. <laughs> are they? Are you said yeah, they're, they're actually siblings. related? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. Find the show on, you know, whatever. Just go to the website, uh, brainironpodcast.com. Or no, no, that's not right. Go to... Uh, oh, whatever. Go to castironbrains.com or uh, brainiron... If they this far, they know where to Go get to brainiron.com. If you'd like to share whatever, you can you figure it out. Share the show with your friends and neighbors and loved ones. Hope everybody's doing well out there. I'm sure that some of you have or are close to people who have this uh, more pleasant version of the coronavirus, and I hope that's all going uh, well for you uh, email the show brainironpodcast at gmail.com Abe what else did you get into this past weekend so it wasn't this past weekend and just to be clear because it's been what like a, about a month since we've done about a month this. yeah been a month did we talk about West Side Story no, no. okay so no <laughs> earlier I mentioned that I, I knew a lot about Don't Look Up going in and it yes I managed my expectations I had no ideas. To, I mean, I kind of there's jets you know and sharks or whatever, like very basic stuff. But did you know it was a musical? Yeah, it was a musical, some gang okay. stuff, but uh-huh. very limited knowledge. It was exceptionally violent. Like the second half of the movie, stab, stab, stab. Just, <laughs> I mean, they go from this whimsical. By the way, that's Spielberg guy, very good director, as it turns out. He made, he did a pretty good job for like in a musical kind of thing. But the second half just it became very violent, and that's how that's the story. They stab each other, so there's like this. For people who don't know the story, there's some sort of love interest. It's kind of like a Romeo and Juliet kind of scheme, right? Not and, kind of. Yeah, it's mostly <laughs> yes, but directly. The way that it actually plays out in the latest West Side Story is that the main character Maria, whatever her name is, the Puerto Rican girl. Uh, she's doting on some Irish guy or whatever, right? That guy kills her brother, right? And he goes to her place like, oh, boy, things got carried away, yada, yada, yada. Your brother's (laughs) dead. And she's like, oh, my God, how could you in song and dance? And the guy, no, 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 it's kind of fucked up. But I'm going to turn myself in on the up and up, you know? Did some bad, but I'm going to... And she's like, oh, no, no, let's not get carried away. Let's just have sex, right? And then we'll just (laughs) sing and... I was like, what the fuck? Like, is this how the play went? Like, is that how... Because it was a very awkward transition from... Yeah, kind of. killed your... Like, there was no time lapse or anything. No, like, let me think it over. That's how Romeo and Juliet is. I mean, it's her cousin in Romeo and Juliet, but still. It's a close cousin. Yeah. They married cousins back then. Well, in this one, she she lived through it. I think both Romeo and Juliet died in the original story, right? Yeah, she survived. Yeah. I heard one. great. I heard great things about the movie. So, putting aside all of your no, no, uh, great movie overall. about I the just stabbings. Was very surprised. Like, oh, this is a fun little. And it was like no, in the first Dolby. act is all I ever watched of West Side Story. What's that? The first act is all I ever watch of West Side. Okay, Story. Okay, yeah, the, the first like good hour or so, solid. And there's a lot of songs that I. Didn't know that I, I I couldn't connect it to West Side right. Story. I think there was like some stuff from the West Wing. I was like, oh, 
That was the reference that What's Her Face made, yep. CJ Craig to whomever, and they were right. singing. So like pleasant the first hour, but they were like from singing to stabbing, and I'm like, wow, I wasn't ready for all that. Movie movie didn't make any fucking money. So no, that's total flop. <laughs> Basically, any all I think all of the musicals failed. Like the In the Heights earlier in the year didn't do well. Any adult-oriented stuff like Last Duel, if it's like right. some who's Spider-Man the, stuff, the people tar- will show the target up. audience for target audience for West Side Story is like people our age and and, and way right. older, right? Who still don't feel terribly comfortable going into confined spaces for extended periods of time in, with rooms full of strangers, right? Right, like, and also <laughs> don't have a deep desire to leave the house in the first place. Like I would go, but ugh. sure, but you are not, <laughs> you are not normal in that way. Lots of people our age and older do like to leave the house. They think they do, and it's a shame because like I went to see that uh, Spider-Man thing, uh, and it was packed, and. The movie was fine, but it's just like the stupid fucking time travel shit where nothing matters. Right. Oh, did he die? No, we'll just go back in time and undo it. So, But people will show up for that, but not for the other stuff. Yeah. yeah. We watched a couple documentaries as well. Nothing really worth mentioning. They tried to cancel Spielberg over West Side Story because, of course, they did. Wait. I forget the... What? The details. Because it's like... The, because you just shouldn't do Mexican stuff. Oh. Right, they they were the wrong. Oh, there was also rape in that, like sorts of Puerto Ricans. Okay, I thought he went out of his way to make sure that people. He did. It's not good enough. Don't real worry quick, about it. Real Don't quick, let it bother you. Okay. Real quick, before we go tonight, uh, did you see the thing about Chappelle and Patton Oswalt? No, I mean, right. it is still about his special with so a tramp Patton Oswalt. Pat Oswalt posted a story on his uh, Twitter or Instagram or whatever with a picture of him and Chappelle hanging out backstage somewhere. On New Year's he said, Eve. I got to see my good friend who I've known for th- three or four decades now. Uh, man, I just love this guy, et cetera, et cetera. And then... <laughs> that got like a, a reaction day, from people? A day later, he posts a picture of himself sitting at like a like a classic dressing room desk where it's like a big lighted mirror spread out before him he's got two phones he's got two legal pads he's got a composition notebook and he posts that picture and a lengthy essay describing all of the ways in which he's sorry for having posted a picture with his old friend Dave Chappelle and how he should have thought more ahead of time about posting such a picture because of the harm and the violences that it was going to do to people (laughs) and the fact that, uh, you know, Chappelle doesn't believe that uh, transgender people have a right to exist, but I, Patton Oswalt, certainly do. It's like, that's not what Chappelle has said. Actually, sir, this person who you're claiming to be such a friend of, you have to go out of your way to show that you have such fealty to the fucking absurd mob that you have to use their formulation of the things that Chappelle has said rather than actually going to your friend and talking to him about it. Like It's just utter fucking cowardice and nonsense. I... I mean, that's a bit strong. Cowardice. I mean, he, maybe he just feels like he's part of that community, like trying to like smooth things with him. I mean, I wouldn't have done that. I would, you know, whatever. But like, maybe he does see himself as part of that community. My uh, last prediction for 2022 Ooh. before we go here is that you will continue to be wildly wrong <laughs> about how this woke stuff oh, is just going to. It's just it's going like the to Omicron go variant, away. Bob. Easy this come, is, easy go. The, the the tribal war as as being 
had on as being fought on social media is only going to get worse and dumber. And that is guaranteed. Oh, it's going to get worse and dumber. It's going to peter out because it's going to infect everybody. Sure. Like, oh, shit. Fine. <laughs> then the prediction is that in 2022, it will not peter at any point. It will point. peter out in- and everybody will watch at the end of the year. The latest Avatar is going to make $3 billion and everybody will live happily ever after. <laughs> it's, it's James Cameron that will bring us all back together. I mean, when Betty Ford – Betty Ford? What's her name? Betty, Betty White. White. Betty White. I mean – Maybe she's been our problem this whole time, is what I've been thinking. Yeah, we'll see. She was, and then I saw a little meme that was like Betty White sacrificed herself to the void for the rest of us, and I was like, yeah, that's a nicer way of thinking about it. Yeah. Oh, there are there are cringe tweets, there are there are cringe posts, and then there is the person who posts the long tribute to Betty White that says, "Yeah, I don't care." Betty White took the sword and fought the Balrog and (laughs) threw herself into Mordor so that all of us may live in 2020. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Better that than somebody poo-pooing John Madden because he caused the death of black people or whatever the fuck that guy was that that you shared. Terrific, terrific end of 2021 take is John Madden is actually akin to Thomas Jefferson (laughs) basically because they're all enslavers and and killing black folk. Great take, Whitey. That's (laughs) the whitest take I've ever heard, to be clear. Abe, you uh, got anything else for us tonight? Nope. I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then. We will... We'll talk to you next. We'll talk to you next week. We're coming back. Oh, None of this on taking Tuesday a month off nonsense. Or maybe Wednesday. The Tuesday. Not Wednesday. Yeah, definitely not Monday. Georgia by seventeen. Shut up! Shut up! Dogs Shut by up. seventeen. Holy Shut shit! Up. I've also got the dogs. We'll talk to you I next. refuse again. What What are we doing? We'll talk to you next time. Later.
been a while. <laughs> oh, I don't really have a thing here. I have like a sentence. I really did. Here we I, are, Abe, cast iron. Yeah, Ray. I went to bed last night and I was like, I'm going to write a nice little essay about going and visiting Athens and Atlanta and spend, done it. spend my day doing the news. Had nothing to do all day. <laughs> well, sure, but... Longhand, you know? Played Zelda. <laughs> no, the computer still I could have used my laptop. I could have plugged it into the battery backup and all, all of that. All of the work. But we went and did stuff. Yeah. And, you and know, then you yeah. played Zelda for two hours. And I, yes, I also, after doing my emotional parent labor, I took a break and played some video games. <laughs> fucking CIB isn't exactly contributing to the 401k. It's just That's like right. Neither is <laughs> anything else that you do. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Zelda certainly isn't. <laughs> <laughs>